Hey, Travis Rogers here. When you're not listening to me on the Lakers pre- and post-game shows, tune in to The Experience with Laferne Cusack, where she goes beyond the play and focuses on athletes, fans, and the biggest events that inspire and shape our community. Listen to The Experience with Laferne Cusack, Sundays, 5 to 6 a.m. ESPN LA 710. Thank you so much for joining me today. We're speaking with the Chief Executive Officer of EXP, the Opportunity Engine, Amy Gratz. Yay! Hi! Hi! <laughs> Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here because, man, uh, Ron Roberts introduced us and he was telling me all about all the great things you're doing for our community. Thank you so much, Laferne. Ron is the man. He knows everybody. Yes. And when he reached out to me and, and told me there was an opportunity to come on your show, the experience with <laughs> Laferne, I knew I had to come because we're EXP. So, experience is part of who we are. Ah, I love that. I love that. So tell us about your journey to EXP. My journey to EXP. Well, uh, it actually probably it started when I was about the same age as the high school students that we work with. Um, I was 15 and a half and got my first job. I was working at a five and dime store called TG&Y. Many years ago. I don't think we even have it anymore. And uh, I was three months on the job and lo and behold, I got fired. I didn't know what it took to be effective in the workplace. And today I spend my days helping students become college and career ready and helping them be effective in the workplace. So it's been a journey. So when you got fired, what was that for you? How how did you manage Humiliating. it? <laughs> Humiliating. And it's, it was, uh, you know, when you're 15 and a half, you, you think you know everything, everything. And um, I, uh, yeah, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't know. I went home, had to tell my mom and she said, honey, you, you need to get some training. You, you, you need to learn how to be a better employee. Uh, and I said, okay, I will, I will, uh, I'll, I'll take my Saturday mornings like I'm doing now, roll out of bed, which is a little easier <laughs> at this age than it was at 15 and a half right. and sit in a classroom and really work on my job skills and my people skills and my technical skills. Then the next job I got, uh, I was able to keep, thank goodness, <laughs> and uh, it just sort of taken it from there. I've been working since I was 15 and a half, and I'm 55 now, and it's been, um, it has been a journey. Mm-hmm. And with that, I love how in this type of industry now, or in this type of world, a lot of people don't have those real technical skills to get inside the door. And what you, you're doing, what you did is get those skills because they are learned skills. Absolutely. And they're learned, but they also take hands-on experience and practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can sit in a classroom and read about uh, critical thinking and communication uh, global mindsets, but until you've, you've physically gotten out of your comfort zone, um, you you don't know. And that's what we do at EXP is, is get kids out of their comfort zone. Um, you also need to have people around you that mentor you. For me at 15 and a half, 
It was a volunteer from the business community named Fawn Jeffers Mm -hmm. who taught an ROP class uh, at the Santa Barbara County Office of Education. Uh, Today, uh, my organization works with over 400 industry volunteers, men and women from across a number of different communities, uh, including our mutual friend, Ron Roberts, Mm. uh, who come into the classroom, who bring people, young people, into their offices and their facilities and provide that hands-on experience that will enable them to really put into context what they're learning in the classroom. And with that, sometimes when you get into a workplace and you get that hands-on experience, you're, you also are greeted with some different types of personalities. Yes. Um, can you talk about some challenges that you may have had, you know, shifting from 15-and-a-half-year-old 15 you to, you know, getting into your career and the challenges, what you did to get through those challenges? Absolutely. Um, well, for me, when I was 15-and-a-half, I wanted to be a veterinarian. And, well, today I'm no veterinarian. <laughs> so uh, at first I had to actually explore and take chances and see if something was right for me. And uh, I've had a number of jobs where I walked in the door thinking that it was the right thing for me. Mm-hmm. And by the nature of the work or the workplace and the people I was with, um, it didn't work out. Uh, I learned early on that a job where all I do is sit at my desk or sit in a windowless room filing, um, that's, no, I, I'm stunted in that, in that environment. People are how we learn about ourselves. And there's a lot of different types of bosses and coworkers. And some of the ones that are hardest on us are the ones from whom we learn the most. Uh, one of my early jobs was, uh, <laughs> was at a modeling agency. I was a booker for models and also taught uh, uh, makeup classes. And the director of the modeling agency, uh, whose name shall not be repeated, <laughs> uh, she, you know, she was a perfectionist. She was what and everything had to be absolutely perfect, mm-hmm. um, even to the point where a poor eighteen-year-old uh, recent high school grad. Uh, you know, she would tell me what to eat and what to wear and oh. how how uh, how much I could weigh. Uh, and I was like, "Lady, I'm just a booker. I'm I'm not one of your models." So um, that was an experience. <laughs> that was an experience. Wait a I've I've had you know I've had a lot of um, experiences with bosses who have taught me about myself, mm-hmm. and it's humbling at times. It's humbling at times. And how do you use those type of experiences to expand the knowledge of the kids you work with? Absolutely. One of the first things is we're working with high school students. So we're there at the, at the, the, at the threshold, at, at, at the first step into the world of work. And we try to prepare them and set them up for as much success as possible. 
So for students who are in our summer internship program, which happens between junior and senior year, those kids have been in workshops all the way through their junior year. Matter of fact, they were uh, in workshop number four this week, this last week, uh, focusing on identity in the workplace. And many of mm. the students who are, that we're working with are coming from families or communities where they might not have had exposure to the professional workplace and they might feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. or not know how their identity fits with the professional workplace. So we bring in practitioners who, who look like them, who, who are, are, are advocates and role models that can show them how to step into that first day on the internship mm-hmm. with confidence. How they speak, how they dress, how they look people in the eye, how they shake a hand. All of these are going to be the ways that they can enter into the workplace with confidence. And we give them the opportunity to practice. And Amy, your website is expfuture.org. So you are building access to education um, and experience career opportunities that helps each student reach their full potential. How do you go about formulating what programs you use to help them? So we are an embedded partner with the schools that we serve. We are in 10 different high schools throughout greater Southern California, and we assist those high schools in activating their career education. Um, Teachers are pressed in so many ways to get that job done. Mm Uh, at the same time, schools are tasked with graduating their students college and career ready. We're that extra set of hands that comes in and supports them with the mentoring programs, the career days, and most importantly, the internship program. We started actually, um, uniquely, different, differently from many nonprofit organizations. Well, you, you start, you started as a volunteer for the organization. Absolutely. I, and I think for many folks in the nonprofit industry, that's how you get right. started. You, <laughs> you put your skin in the game and, exactly. and you're right there at the right time. <laughs> our, our organization was founded by a former harbor commissioner in the port of LA. Her name is Carol Rowan. And she saw down there in the port this amazing economic engine that's the international trade industry. But at the same time, the high school kids that are right there in the shadows of the cranes in the communities of Wilmington or San Pedro, they were not connected. And back in 1999, when we became an idea, a dream uh, of Ms. Rowan, uh, Banning High School was graduating at 40%. Mm. 40%. 60% of those kids didn't make it across the dais to graduate. In wow. four years. Do you know why? A lot of reasons. Um, challenge. It, it was, it was 3,000 kids, uh, in, in a school that were getting lost. Um, uh, challenges, uh, in the community, challenges at home, challenges in the classroom. Uh, but 
what the idea was and, and the idea that Carol and the maritime community brought to Banning High School 20 years ago was let's bring the industry into the classroom and connect the dots mm-hmm. between what they're learning and, and what they can do with it. And, uh, Carol, uh, I happened to meet back in 2003 when I was working for the LA County Economic Development Corporation. Oh. And she was starting this little tiny nonprofit helping kids in the harbor. And she said, Amy, uh, would you be willing to make a few calls to the business community and see if you can raise some money? And I said, uh, sure, ma'am. You know, she, she was a harbor commissioner. You don't say no to a harbor commissioner. Right. And, uh, well, here we are, um, 12 years later. And, and your chief executive I'm officer. CEO. Congratulations. Yay. Yay. <laughs> It all starts with volunteering, yes. and I strongly recommend volunteering. It, well, it, it's good for the soul. Right, but uh, w- uh, we talk a lot about how volunteering helps get into colleges. Absolutely. Helps, you know, it helps with your skills. It's, it's the first step towards getting a job. And, and today, uh, young people ages 13, 14, 15, 16, maybe even up to 18, it's, it's hard to get a quote-unquote real paying job. Um, volunteering is the next best thing. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, when I look to hire somebody, I don't really look at what their grades are or, or even what college they go to. Although if they go to USC, I, you know, <laughs> maybe I'll give them some special uh, treatment, but I, you know, I look to see what they've done to volunteer, to, mm-hmm. to give back. It, it tells me about their character and character. I mean, you can train for skills, but character, that's hard. You you hire for character. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was reading something on LinkedIn the other day about how you can find out if if someone has great character integrity. And this article, the, the person that was saying that's what they look for when they're hiring someone. And I would hire someone that has great integrity great character, and then skills and tasks they can learn, mold into, you know, that position. And that's very true. Uh, I have 19 employees who are amazing. Actually, some of the alumni of our program, we've we've gone on to hire. Wow. So clearly we're building character. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, they come from all backgrounds. Uh, some of them were out of the public sector. Some were out of the private sector. They've done a number of things, but what unites them all is they're dedicated to the mission of preparing students for better lives. They bring just skills from all around, but it's the character that makes us strong as an organization. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And with what you do, what has been the most thrilling part of your job? Oh, gosh. Every day is thrilling. I would say it's the transformation that I get to see in the individual students. And then over the 10 years that I've been CEO, uh, seeing the transformation of schools and communities. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we have, um, we have a, a program that we do throughout the years called our mock interviews. And I'm actually recruiting for volunteers <laughs> April 7th. <laughs> Uh, over at the Carson Center, but mock interviews 
it's it's sort of the halfway point of the preparation for our internship, and it's junior year. And the students will come in the door terrified. They they they've they've got their resume, their little portfolio. They're they're dressed to the nines, but this is the first time they may have put themselves out of their comfort zone, uh, talked about themselves to somebody other than a teacher or a family member. And they sit down in front of an adult who's looking across that table, and this is their moment to shine. Mm -hmm. And they shine. They come out, they're two inches taller. (laughs) I love that. That's what inspires me. Yeah, and that's great because having it on video, you're able to see because you can't see yourself like you, I can't see myself. You look you know. fabulous. Oh, I think you are darling. rocking those headphones, girl. <laughs> and you, when they're able to see, oh, okay, that's how I look. That's how I'm presenting myself. They're able to take that and then move it into a new direction of how they're viewed, right? Absolutely. They, they, it's practice. You know, they practice, they see themselves, they see themselves with somebody else's eyes, giving, Feedback is so important. I think that's something that we've grown unaccustomed to. Uh, young feedback. feedback. Yeah. How often do you get the opportunity to do an interview and then have somebody pause and take a moment and say, you did really well here, but these are the areas that next time you can do better. Mm-hmm. Maybe you'll tell me that after this interview. <laughs> You're wonderful. You like had media, have media training and everything. No, no. (laughs) But, you know, media training is what we're kind of what we're doing for the young folks. Mm -hmm. You know, but but also with all of your experiences in the past, it has brought you to here, you know, and. I have, I've had to put myself out there, I will admit. But isn't that what we do to grow? Like if you, if you don't take risks in your career, in your life, you remain stagnant. You can't Absolutely. remain stagnant. Absolutely. Um, you know, you asked about my, my journey, and I, there's another story about how I got to where I am. Uh, after I graduated from college, San Diego State, go Aztecs. <laughs> uh, I think they're doing well in sports these days, too. Um, you know, I, I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do, and uh, I applied for a program to go overseas to work abroad uh, through something called International 4-H Youth Exchange. And I applied and, and prepared to go to Milan, Fran- Milan Italy. And uh, I had four or five months to, to get ready for that. I, I found myself an Italian boyfriend uh, <laughs> at the local Italian restaurant. <laughs> Uh, and and uh, tried to learn a little Italian. But uh, the day that I was supposed to get on a plane to go to Italy, uh, I was called into the program office, and they said, uh, excuse me, Ms. Gratt, uh, the program in Italy is not taking students or taking young people this year. Uh, you have a choice. You can go home and wait and apply for next year, or you can go to Costa Rica. Costa Rica. I didn't even know where Costa Rica was. And here I was, all of my, 
all of my stuff was was packed up and and I was ready to go and and live in this case for six months in another country. And I had 48 hours to decide, am I going to go back home and wait another year or am I going to dive in and go to a country I had never heard of or should have heard of but didn't really know? The heat is on. I said yes. I said yes, 48 hours. I landed in San Jose, uh, Costa Rica with a Spanish dictionary that I had bought in the airport <laughs> and had a life-changing out-of-the-box experience. And that taught me, never say no. Mm-hmm. Don't say no to opportunities. Get out of your comfort zone. But if you don't have the experience, how are you going to know if you like something or not? Well, that's part of it. Right. The, the experience is to help you know if you're going to like it or not. Right. So if, I, I teach my son that as well. He's like, oh, I don't I don't like that. How do you know you haven't tried it, David? So, David, that's what you do. You try everything. And yeah. if you don't like it, you know, you don't have to do it anymore. You know, it's we have our internship program. We're we're working with about 250 students right now and are going to place hopefully about 200 of them in internships. Not all of them will be placed in their first choice. Mm-hmm. They might even not be placed in their second choice. Mm. And even if it is their first choice, once they get there and, and spend a few days there, they may hate it. But that's part of the learning experience, learning what you don't like to do. That's just as valuable as loving the first thing that comes across your path. So tell us about more about the, the internship program. I know that you can, if anyone's out there, they can sponsor an intern. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Please sponsor an intern. <laughs> so we, every year, work with students between in their junior year to get them ready for the life-changing experience of a paid six-week summer internship. And this year, summer 2020, we are on track to have our largest internship class yet. It'll oh, be about 200 students. That's great. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I guess careful what we wish for, we, <laughs> we get it. Those students uh, are drawn from all 10 of the high schools that we work with, from Barstow up in the high desert. Wow down to the, the Port of L.A., Wilmington, Carson, Gardena. Uh, we're actually expanded into Compton and into the South Bay. So those kids need an amazing life-changing experience. Uh, they're taking coursework in programs at their schools that relate to STEM or to business or culinary arts. And our goal is to connect them with their very first experience in the world of work that aligns with what their career intentions are so they can find out if they really like it or not and make better choices when they graduate and go on to college or or training. 200 kids are going to need an internship this summer. We've got the kids. They're ready. I Probably have right now in the bag about 50 internship commitments. Oh, great. It's January. (laughs) I need another 150. So if you can take an intern, we want to talk with you. If you can sponsor an intern, we definitely want to talk to you. And that's expfuture.org. 
org and uh, contact Amy, right? Contact Amy. <laughs> Find me on LinkedIn. <laughs> so, uh, right, with, with the training, I know that you do a lot of training with the students. So there's financial literacy. What other things do you do to get them ready for this? So we've been working with these young people since they were freshmen in high school. Uh, our approach is to be an embedded partner with the schools that we serve. So say at um, Carson High School's Global Business Academy, we are there at ninth grade exposing them to all of the amazing careers in global business that are right there in the backyard in Compton and Carson and Gardena and the port. They have a what I call a shock and awe career day, uh, GPS your future in uh, the fall. We do industry mentoring. They've been working with an industry coach for six months uh, in their sophomore year. And then this year in junior year, they've been doing uh, skills workshops, dress for success, customer service, as I mentioned, uh, I, your identity in the workplace, mm-hmm. a mock interview. And then by June, we're ready to place them. We're ready to, to put them in that opportunity. Senior year, it's scholarships. Mm. And we have our scholarship dinner, Oceans of Opportunity, coming up in March. Oh, okay. Tell us about that. It's huge. huge. It is huge. <laughs> it's, it's the best party you can go to on March 26th. Um, Oceans of Opportunity is our annual fundraising event, but it's also a student event. Uh, there'll be 800 people celebrating at the Carson Event Center. 400 of them will be our EXP students hosting you to showcase what they've got. Uh, our networking uh, reception, you know, in addition to a glass of wine, uh, you can also participate in voting for our students with their student pitch contest. Each one of these students from the different academies, the Global Business Academy at Gardena or the Culinary Academy at Dominguez High School in Compton or the STEM Academy in uh, Carson as well, those kids are vying for your vote as as the best pitch um, amongst the students. But what we do during the dinner is we celebrate the scholarship winners. We have our best known award, which is the 180 degree award. It's named for our founder, the Carol Rowan 180 degree award. And it's the student who has turned their life around the most. Mm. It's not the A student, although sometimes it could be that C plus student who was a, was failing and, and ready to drop out. But because of their persistence, their grit, their involvement with our programs, they turn their life around and now they're headed for success. This year is our 20th anniversary and, uh, our corporate honoree is the Port of Los Angeles. Oh, that's great. They are our foundational partner. They're where we started and our heart is still in the harbor today. I think you worked with the former commissioner, Cynthia Ruiz. Yes. Oh, my God. I love Cynthia. <laughs> yes. She's awesome. She's she awesome. is. She's come on the show several times uh, talking about um, 
Los Angeles and what we can do and what they're doing. Cynthia Ruiz, when she was at the Port of L.A., she was the architect of their amazing community grant program. And she helped us uh, up our game. Mm -hmm. Uh, And she has been a fantastic mentor to me personally. We just uh, met, you know, for for lunch just a couple of months ago. She's she's amazing. I love I want to be Cynthia. I know. Who doesn't? <laughs> yeah, she's really great. And I love her passion. She's a wise Latina. Yes, indeed. So, okay, so back to this great event. So how can we participate? Well, we we just went live uh with our um event website. Okay. So if you go to expfuture.org you will see oceans of opportunity on the banner ad. Okay. Um, we welcome uh, the sponsorship, uh, the participation. Uh, I'm even looking for uh, raffle prizes um, and uh, help help support us. It's a great event. It's heartwarming. Um, it's not your usual rubber chicken gala event. It's it's served by the culinary arts students wow. in our match program at Banning High School. Uh, the the ambassadors are the students from the the global safety and security program. They're the ones that help direct traffic. It is student led and student celebrated. That's great. So tell us about how the structure goes in getting this huge event together. Like. I mean, is this a, you laugh because it's like it's yeah. a year long. Eight hundred people come together. <laughs> so, so this event um, is put together by our amazing team at EXP, but really in partnership with our educator partners because half of the the attendance is students uh, and and the educators that are at the academies and pathways that we serve. So the students right now are preparing their booths and their pitches uh, and all the things that will make you want to come and talk to them at the event. Right now, uh, I'm doing sponsorship sales, so literally dialing for dollars because mm-hmm. it is our biggest fundraiser and gathering some amazing raffle prizes. Um, I'm sitting here in the ESPN uh, <laughs> studios. Maybe there might be a sports-related package that might be coming out of this. Um, and we're also uh, having scholarships being, uh, well, the students are writing their scholarship applications right, right now. Yeah. Uh, they're due January 29th, and I anticipate about 80 to 100 scholarship applications I look forward to giving out hopefully about 30 scholarships this year. Wow. Uh, I do take donations for scholarships. Um, and uh, it's we're going to be ready for you. Yes, absolutely. And again, go to expfuture.org for more information. I'm Laferne Cusack. This is ESPN LA uh, speaking with the Chief Executive Officer, Amy Gratt. Uh, or EXP. 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 The The Opportunity Engine. Yes, you have to get that tag in there. Thank you. So, okay, so let's talk about the structure of ESP. You have so many schools. 
how do you organize all of this and get all those students together? So, yeah, it is an it is an interesting. Uh, <laughs> it's huge. There's 6,400 students enrolled in the different pathways and academies across the schools that we serve, and we are working with these schools day in day out. So I have assigned a program manager to a school, and that program manager is there. A number of days during the week and out in the community a number of days in the week because what we are is the bridge mm-hmm. between the school and the industry. Uh, so our program managers are continually bringing in volunteers to come and speak into the classes, uh, do career days, do mentoring. A number of times throughout the year, we put on big events (laughs) and we have a gigantic event coming up in February, our annual Women in STEM. Mm. Uh, We're doing this at Cal State Dominguez Hills. And this is where we bring the students from across all of our schools. We'll have about 300 young ladies who will be at Cal State Dominguez Hills to hear from an amazing keynote. Last year, we had a, a, a female engineer from JPL oh, wow. uh, talk about you know how she got to be uh, there and, and her successes as a woman of color in the science field. We had breakout sessions. We had lunch with an engineer. Um, we bring them to... Cal State Dominguez, and they have a day of discovery. I do this with volunteers. Uh, we have a small team, but we had about a hundred women take time out of their busy days to come and help uh, volunteer to lead students to breakouts, to come and speak at breakouts, and to then have lunch with the young people. Oh, that's so. Great. And we do a number of those, GPS Your Future in the Fall, Women in STEM in the Spring. And we're developing a new program for young men of color and uh, hope to debut something uh, in that area in 2020. Fantastic. What is the main difference between, you know, when you first started out at EXP and now? The main difference is that it's broadened. Uh, When I came in at 10 years Ten years ago, which was our 10-year time, uh, we were still very much focused on a particular geography, the harbor area, the South Bay, and a particular industry, international trade. We were actually called International Trade Education Programs, Inc., ITEP. But even then, we knew that what we offer to industry and to schools and to students was broader than that. Mm-hmm. And and even the international trade maritime industry that we served was changing. Technology just hitting with a bang, right. disrupting everything. So we've broadened the type of programming to include much more STEM mm-hmm. and even STEAM, so bringing in the arts. Uh, this last year was the first time we've been working with a performing arts and media arts academy. Uh, 20 years ago, it was just the international trade 
industry. Today, it's culinary, it's entrepreneurship. And the model still remains the same. Mm-hmm. Business community has technical expertise to offer, it has resources, it has talent. Bring that into the classroom and get the kids out for hands on experiences. Mm-hmm. And we were talking off air about how. Uh, you know, a lot of people go in or would like to be in, in sports, how, you know, if they're not a uh, a, a player, yeah. that what are the options that they have? And we we're talking about how, you know, you could be in marketing, uh, you can, uh, you know, be behind the scenes as a physical therapist. You oh, can, yeah. there are Kinesiology so- is hot. Yeah. It is. It's, it's, it's one of the hottest uh, programs at the schools that we offer. Wow. You're right. And and there's, when you're 15, what do you see? You see your teachers, right? You, mm-hmm. you see sports heroes. You, uh, What do you want to be when you grow up? Doctor, lawyer. Part of our task uh, for, for all of us is to help young people see below the surface, mm-hmm. get beyond the hype. And understand that, you know, you can be involved in the sports industry. You can be involved in the entertainment. You can be involved in all these industries. And you don't necessarily have to be just one thing. Mm -hmm. When we started in the Port of L.A., everybody, you know, everybody thinks, well, if you're going to work in the maritime industry, you're going to be a what? A ship's captain, a longshoreman. But the reality is jobs in port-related industries, I mean, that's one in nine jobs in our region. And those are web designers. They're health and safety officers. Mm-hmm. They're uh, logisticians. And that's not even anywhere near a ship, yes. right? Uncovering those hidden jobs below the surface, mm-hmm. that's one of the themes of GPS Your Future. Our, our fall career day. Uh, we love to bring in folks who might be involved in an industry, but are involved in a not so obvious way. Um, Tamala Lewis works for AEG. She comes in and talks about working for the AEG Foundation and managing uh, the the facility, which is the Dignity Health Center and all of the talent and, and activities that happen there. Uh, we've had folks from the NFL come and talk about how they're doing uh, security or sports marketing now. Mm-hmm. Um, we have singers who are now working in engineering, sound engineering. So, yes, there's so much under the surface and we want to help them discover it. What challenges have you faced uh, with EXP or with the students that you've transitioned out of? Well, first of all, the kids are all right. Uh, our future is bright. The students we work with uh, in the communities that we serve, which are oftentimes disadvantaged or, or challenged in many ways, these kids are, are, are still just bright, shining stars. Mm. Oftentimes, they don't realize it. Self-esteem and trauma, it's stunting. It's mm-hmm. self-stunting. So a lot of what we're seeking to overcome at this stage in their life is 
is building confidence, letting them know that there's a caring community that wants them to succeed. Because there's the sense that the world doesn't want them to succeed, and we need to, to help overcome that. Uh, and that's a journey for, well, frankly, for all of us. I mean, I remember yes. when I was 15, I didn't think anybody wanted me to succeed, and I certainly had no idea how to get there. Right. Broader, um, as, as an organization, it's a continual challenge to be small and independent. Uh, when I started as CEO, we were six people strong. We had an operating budget of uh, $500,000 and we were in the hole. Uh, we had big dreams and, and a big vision and we were doing fantastic work, but we just didn't have the capacity. Ten years later, uh, we're 20 strong. We have a $2 million budget. We're working with 10 schools as opposed to four. Uh, but still, it's a challenge. Mm-hmm. Every year, you know, every year, it's the need to fundraise, diversify the funding, write those grants, make those asks. I love it. Mm-hmm. I, I think what we do matters and people should really want to be involved with helping our youth succeed and generally they do it's just a matter of getting the word out which is why i'm so glad i'm Uh, here laferne oh yes you're helping oh well thank you i'm glad you could be here and share your story um again go to expfuture.org for more information on amy and the organization and all that they're doing unleashing the power of business to do good. So tell us about some of the businesses that you work with. We work with so many businesses. Let's just uh, talk about our friend, Ron Roberts. You know, Ron Roberts Jr. brought us together. He works for Griffith Company, an amazing construction company that has been doing work in the port of L.A., uh, helping build the infrastructure. Ron has been a spokesperson for that company coming to speak to students about amazing careers in the construction industry. Construction has wanted to diversify mm-hmm. its ranks. Um, the, the engineering, construction, and architecture firms generally, uh, people are getting a little older, so we need new blood to come in. We need more people of color, more women. And Ron has been a partner through Griffith uh, to help attract students to the company. Um, they're a sponsor of our Oceans of Opportunity. So Ron walks the walk, talks the talk, <laughs> makes yes, it happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we work with many companies, uh, Marathon petroleum down in the harbor uh, at Wilmington and Carson. Those engineers are in the classroom uh, describing their day at the work and exciting young people to learn about STEM. They take many interns every summer and pay them well. Some of them they keep on for the year as seniors. Oh, that's great. Uh, the Port of L.A. Uh, takes 
interns from our program across 19 of their different departments. So you could be working this summer at the Port of L.A. with the Port Police, with Warfingers, with the Port Pilots. What's a Warfinger? <laughs> I don't know what is a warfinger. <laughs> well, our in, our our interns know what a warfinger is at the end. Um, they're the ones that uh, you pay the customs to come in uh, when you bring in the goods, and they they take the toll. Oh, very interesting. Did not know that. Who knew? <laughs> Who knew? You know, lo- logistics is one of those industries that you know when it works, uh, nobody knows about it. Uh, but when when the ports slow down or when mm-hmm. when my Amazon Prime package doesn't get there when I want mm-hmm. it to, then we all understand the supply chain and, and logistics. Right. And that's an area that's an industry that has been really supportive of our work. Um, uh, trucking companies, logistics companies, freight forwarders, customs brokers, Prologis, Watson Land. Um, these are the the hidden industries that really drive our economic engine in L.A. And uh, we're trying to help our students find opportunities in those industries. So how many interviews do the students go on before they obtain an internship? So we, we have a day of internships for our students. Uh, for every, every student will get at least three or four opportunities to interview with different companies. And then our companies that work with us will be able to interview at least two or three interns for the opportunities they have. Do you select who gets to interview with whom or how does that process work? We do a little matchmaking on the front end uh, where we know what the capabilities of the students are and we, you know, we know them. We've, we've known them since they were freshmen. Mm -hmm. At the same time, we know what the interests and the parameters of the internship are for the, the company. So we try to give people choices, but try to make sure that any one of those choices would work. Right. That you're setting them up for success. Absolutely. Setting them up for success. Yeah. Um, can you talk about some of the ways that uh, you help each student navigate through that whole entire process of landing that job and then showing up their first day? Yes. Uh, and, and showing up is... <laughs> It's it, it's literally half the battle. Oh my goodness! I saw this woman posted on LinkedIn. Uh, one of her descriptions was, "You show up." <laughs> that was in the description. You show oh up to work. I was I was talking to somebody about you know the the tightness of the job market, <laughs> yes. uh, and uh, they said if you have a pulse, you should have a job. <laughs> and and I yeah, it's it. What is it? Three point seven percent unemployment. Yeah. I mean, it is it is very tight. It is tight. Um, yeah, helping them get there, and it is kind of funny because uh, they all start on the same day. I think it's the twenty seventh of June. Mm-hmm. And and literally that day, 
we recommend that they they do a drive-by uh, the week before, maybe that weekend. And these are 17-year-olds. So, so have mom or dad or uncle mm-hmm. or brother take you so that you can get there the yes. first day. Invariably, there's panicked, panicked calls to my program managers. I, I'm there. I don't, you know, oh, my I went to the wrong place. But they get there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the job of our program managers and their mentors is, is to really help them plan out that first day. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do very intensive orientations. And then we work with the employers as well give them a checklist of things that they should be doing with their interns. What to expect with a 17-year-old in your office. I mean, you can't just, hey, here's your desk. We'll see you at lunchtime. (laughs) They they need need that guidance. So we we set both sides up for success. That's great. Uh, This one experience I had, I was going in for an interview, and the parking was different. It was like across the street from the building it wasn't even it didn't even have anything to do with the place I was going to interview so I get into the parking lot and then you know how you scale down 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 and then you have to um, valet well by the time I made it there I got lost in the parking lot I literally could not find well once I found my way up I had no clue where I was it's and imagine it's terrifying. Imagine if you were seventeen years old. Oh my gosh! Right. Yeah we we had a uh, we had a young man who uh, showed up at our offices. Oh no! Um, for his first day of the interview, he had he had looked at the reminder uh, message that my program manager sent and and our signature line and oh. got dropped off at our offices uh, and. And my administrative assistant drove him Aww. to his his internship the first day. <laughs> he was, you know, he was so terrified. He came in. He was ready to go home. <laughs> and I said, yes. no, no, sir, you, you, we are delivering you to your internship. Exactly. And, and, and it was a terrific experience. But, yeah, getting there the first day, staying there the first week, um, you know, we have during the six weeks, uh, every Friday, a workshop for, that we bring all of them in together, uh, to talk about their experience, oh. to share and learn that, wait, wait, you know, they gave you lunch the first day. Wait, they didn't <laughs> give me lunch. Uh, or, or really you were, you know, sharing notes mm-hmm. and, and because it's a lonely experience and, mm-hmm. and at the same time, you want to, you know, you want to brag a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the best uh, experiences I've had, you talked about the inspiration. The, cul- the culmination of our internship program, we do together. We do, we do the kickoff, and then we do the orientation, and we have the culmination. We're all, um, you know, 200 of them will be together. Mm-hmm. And, and we, bring, we ask them to bring their parents to the culmination. Mm-hmm. And the best experience I had was last year I had a mom come up to me and say, thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, you know, Amy, for uh, making my son human. (laughs) He was he was a different person after the internship. And now he talks to me. And 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 I mean, I 
you know, I'm the mother. We're we're both the mothers of of yes. sons, so we know. Uh, you know, boys kind of keep it to themselves, and and I I could really resonate with this this mother because I'm the mother of twin twenty one year olds, and some sometimes that fifteen, sixteen, seventeen year mm-hmm. silence, you know, that year old silence is is hard and her son would come home and sit at the dinner table and just go on about his experience at his internship. And, you know, mom, they respect me, mom, I have a voice. And, and she was just really, really, uh, appreciative of that. That's fantastic. And to have that, I mean, even people that have careers don't have (laughs) that sometimes in their workplace, you know, but to have that voice, to be able to speak up and contribute ideas and learn other things, learn new what's going on in each department, it's an amazing experience. I wish all of our first jobs were like that. I mean, obviously mine wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I get called in to, you know, three months in and, and uh, I think I'm going to get a raise and... <laughs> I get I get handed the the door. Oh. But but yes, preparing both sides for success in an internship really sets the tone for the future. Mm-hmm. And you know, my wish for our organization is that we can expand and and do that at college level and beyond. Mm. Um I I want EXP to be able to support students at all ages. Right now we're working with the high schools, but I know that career discovery and getting ready and building that character, now that starts in middle school or even, mm-hmm. you know, your seven-year-old son. We mm-hmm. we should be talking. Right. Uh, and it doesn't end at high school graduation. Uh, the last couple of years, we've had our alumni come back after college or, or that, that, limbo moment between high school graduation and starting mm-hmm. college and they say you know help us you know i need to i need to update my resume i haven't done it since my junior year internship and mm-hmm. there's there's a need yes lifelong definitely. i know especially going into college your first year oh <laughs> you need that mentor you need that guidance like and how do you know what you don't know yeah you know well, we're, uh, this last year we have been expanding our work with the community colleges and, uh, we've been doing some terrific work with Rancho Santiago Community College District down in Orange County to help prepare students and the faculty to do a better job of connecting with industry and, and, and helping to, to close the skills gap, uh, between what's taught and and trained in the classroom and what industry needs. So, Amy, before we go, do you have any advice that you would like to give either to uh, a future sponsor of an intern and or uh, someone that is looking for an internship? Um, well, you know, interns uh, and working with an organization like ours is is win-win. You're connecting to your talent pipeline. You are building the connection 
with a future employee, but also a future customer. Uh, many of the companies that we work with, uh, they're experiencing the, the great tsunami they talk about, you know, an aging workforce. And, and today's youth, what attracts them to an industry, what, what retains them in a job is different mm-hmm. from the boomers and the Gen Xs and any company in any industry will really benefit from having a bird's eye view of what the future workforce wants, needs, and ideally uh, can connect with them and attract them and keep them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to thank you again, Amy Gratt, CEO of EXP. The Opportunity Engine. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) EXP brings industry and schools together to build tomorrow's workforce and provide career opportunities to students from underserved communities in Southern California. Amy Gratt, thank you so much. Thank you, Laverne. I'm Laverne Cusack here for ESPN. For more information, please log on to expfuture.org. And to check out more podcasts, go to ESPNLA.com. And uh, go to the podcast page and hear more shows. I'm LaFerne Cusack. See you next week here on ESPN LA 710. ESPN LA 710.